All right. Well, welcome to the CFC podcast. We're really excited you're joining us today. Um, so we have a question um, as a continuation from in our Nehemiah series. Okay. And so um, question here is, if I have the first three ingredients, but don't feel I have the hand of the Lord, is that time to regroup? So I think for this question, it might be helpful to give some context. Sure. From the um, beginning of the sermon this past week, we're talking about being a difference maker. And so this was one of those five mm-hmm. um, elements of being a difference maker. All right. Yeah. So I think uh, at the core is the conviction, if you and I, and we are, created in the image of God, and God is the ultimate difference maker, then written into our own hearts is this desire and longing to be a difference maker. So the every person has it. I think different people come to different conclusions regarding whether they have what it takes to actually be who they would long to be. Some people, great confidence, uh, highly skilled, and feel like, yeah, I can make a difference. Others uh, feel tremendously inadequate, don't feel like they have the gifts or the capacity to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I'd like to make a difference, So, but I can't. Because I do believe in the image of God, we can make a difference, and we were not only can, but we're made to. The question was, do we have what it takes looking at the life of Nehemiah? And in reference to the question, the first three were, uh, we all time. You have Mm -hmm. to have time to make a difference. And all of us have the same amount of time. And therefore, all of us have the same limited amount of time. Some people think, well, I can't because my time's limited. But no one's time is more limited than another person's time. Same number of hours in each day. Right. Uh, People have radically changed, not just a city like Nehemiah did, but entire nation or an international difference has the same amount of time. So, we have time, authority, um, authority specifically, we want to understand as what we have because we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living in us is the reminder that we have been given all that we need to do all that He says. So we have the authority of God to go and to make disciples, again, to go and make a difference. And then <clears throat> resources, uh, the conviction that when God calls us to do what he wants us to do, he always provides what we need to do what he wants us to do. So Nehemiah said, the king uh, gave me all I needed because the good hand of the Lord, the good hand of God was upon me. So it was time, authority, and resources, the fourth being the good hand of God upon him. And so the question was, if I have time, authority, and resources, but don't have the good hand of the Lord Mm -hmm. with me, uh, should I regroup? Right. All right. Well, let's talk about then the understanding, is the good hand of the Lord upon me? In In the broadest sense, the good hand of the Lord is upon every one of his children. So I cannot say that the good hand of the Lord is upon every person because uh, the Spirit of God does not live within every person. The Spirit of God uh, lives only within those who have trusted in Jesus Mm -hmm. to be their Savior. So if you have trusted in Jesus to be your Savior, then the Father has not only redeemed you, forgiven you, but poured His Holy Spirit into you, and therefore the hand of the Lord is upon you, every believer. 
you have uh, in the Old Testament uh, an understanding that is different than the New Testament. So, in the New Testament, what I just said is true. Every believer receives the Holy Spirit, not some of the Holy Spirit. It's not like I have some of the Holy Spirit, you have more of the Holy Spirit, somebody else has all of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's If we have, because the Holy Spirit's a person, we have the fullness of the Spirit mm-hmm. being not true in the Old Testament. The people of God were uh, to whom God called to have a specific mission mm-hmm. were to have either an anointing of the Lord or the Spirit of God was upon them. Uh, for example, Psalm 51, uh, I believe it is, talks about David saying, um, because of his because of his sin, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And as a kid, I grew up uh, hearing a song that was, maybe you did as well, uh, singing, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, from Psalm 51. Well, that's not a biblically accurate song to sing as a New Testament believer. Oh, gotcha. Because, right. I'm, because he's not going to take it's his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, I am sealed with the Spirit. The, the guarantee of my inheritance in the saints of from Ephesians. So that was a legitimate prayer for David. That's not a legitimate prayer for a New Testament believer mm-hmm. because an Old Testament saint, if you will, would have the hand of the Lord upon them for a particular project, for a particular ministry, and that could be removed. Mm-hmm. So when Nehemiah had the good hand of the Lord upon him, it was indeed a sign, if you will, an enablement that God was working in him and through him in a manner that not every Old Testament uh, Jewish person could hold to. Gotcha. Does that make okay. sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So... The good hand of the Lord upon him was different than the good hand of the Lord upon us. Uh, the person that sent this question, obviously, this is now New Testament time. And so, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the good hand of the Lord mm-hmm. upon you. So, no need to regroup. Now, because I have the presence of God does not mean I am living within context of the power of God. In other words, I can have the presence of God, but quench the Spirit. Or Mm -hmm. New Testament uses three languages. I can quench the Spirit, grieve the Spirit, or resist the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I can have the Spirit, but not be uh, living in the power of the Spirit. So the good hand of the Lord upon me, but not the good hand of the Lord working through me. Nehemiah had the good hand of the Lord upon him and the good hand of the Lord working through him. That's what you and I desire, that Well, we have the good hand of the Lord upon us. We desire that the good hand of the Lord would be working through us. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where we go to John 15, where Jesus is in the upper room. He's saying, I'm leaving. You're not. You're going to stay and continue to do what I did. And you're going to do it how? Uh, Because I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit, who's going to not only just be with you like I was with you, he's going to be in you. And because he's in you, you're going to have all you need to do what I've said. If you abide in me, he says, as I abide in you, abide, remain. So Mm -hmm. if you remain in him, as he remains in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from that, you're not going to do anything. So the regrouping that 
to go back to the question, the regrouping may be that I have the Holy Spirit, but I'm not walking in the Spirit. I'm quenching the Spirit. And I may be quenching the Spirit because I don't think I need the Spirit. Or I may be quenching the Spirit because I'm trying to do what God says, but I'm doing it in my own way. Hmm. And doing things in my own way uh, will not be fruitful in the kingdom of God. So it may be a regrouping in confessing in ways that I've tried to function outside of being under the Word of God. You might go, uh, I need to regroup because I have thought falsely the hand of the Lord is not upon me. I haven't understood the hand of the Lord is upon me. So I'm just trying to think all the ways in which we may need to regroup. But probably at core in that question is this. See, I could say, and I've said this to individuals, I think the hand of the Lord is upon you. Hmm. And I am saying something about that individual that I uh, that goes beyond what I would say to every believer who I say, the hand of the Lord is upon you because the Spirit of God is in them. Uh, and what I mean by that is it seems to me that some folks, God has chosen to use more profoundly, more deeply, more broadly mm-hmm. than other folks. Just correct? Sure. Well, uh, for, Obviously. Yeah. The Lord has chosen to use Billy Graham, Mm-hmm. in ways that nobody else could, really, nobody else on the planet has ever right. rivaled in the sense of the breadth of impact. Yes. So we would, I think, all be able to go, wow, it seemed like the hand of the Lord was upon Billy Graham and everybody go, that's right. What do we mean by that? What it means, what we mean by that is, seems like God used him more than he uses most people, or in that case, anybody else. Uh, and so I would say to a person, I think the hand of the Lord is upon you. In other words, it seems like God is choosing to work through you in extra special, extra impact ways. Right. And that's that's biblical. Uh, I had often gone to 1 Corinthians 12 for an understanding of the variety of the gifts Um, spiritual gifts that God gives us, uh, each to his children for the building up of the body. And it says, let me find my spot here. Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians, verse 4, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, verse 5, and there are a variety of ministries and the same Lord. So, different people, different gifts, Mm -hmm. and different ministries. But, Same Lord. Verse 6, though. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So, I do think it's true that though the Spirit of God lives within every believer, and two believers might be both seeking to live Spirit-filled lives, walking in the Spirit, living under the authority of the Spirit, that God chooses to give those two different believers different gifts, mm-hmm. or even if they gave him, he gave them the same gift, uh, different ministries of that same gift. So you may have a teaching gift, but different ministries, and then different effects, sure, different 
uh, levels of impact. Mm-hmm. Some people's impact may be tenfold. Some people's impact may be fiftyfold. Some people's impact may be a hundredfold, and that's at the discretion of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I tend to think that we look at people who are hundredfold fruitful and think, "Wow, the hand of the Lord is upon them," and that's. Cool, (laughs) as long as we understand that the hand of the Lord is equally uh, upon all who are believers in the sense that every believer has the Holy Spirit. We cannot bear fruit if we're grieving the Spirit, but even every believer walking in the Spirit is not going to produce the same amount of impact, the same amount of effect. That's up to the head of the church, Jesus. So... Those are my thoughts as it relates to the hand of the Lord upon somebody. Mm. And I could see when you think about the hand of the Lord being on someone, someone like Billy Graham or those people making that hundredfold or that the Lord has chosen to make a hundredfold impact through, there's some of that is visible. And then there's others that there may not be a visible impact until eternity. You know, like what we had talked about, like you had talked about on Sunday, investing your time in something that is eternal right versus and so there's sometimes that um i can't think of the word like that comes out of the investment that return on that um that you may not even see now we we can tend to think of impact is always in uh, how many of numbers right how many yes. people did we reach like a tangible number yeah. and so uh, a mom mm-hmm. might go I don't know, the hand of the Lord upon me. I'm just raising kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, to the mom who is raising kids, first, you're not just raising kids, you're raising kids. And that is disciple-making at its best. And you need the Spirit of God upon you to do that in this. Absolutely. (laughs) As much as Nehemiah (laughs) needed to. Yeah, Nehemiah had it easy compared to the (laughs) mom, right? Um, I think you need the Spirit of the Lord upon you for that. And to recognize that impact is not always in measured in who you directly impact. I, I right. often remember that that Jesus' direct impact was actually not mass amounts of people. The people he directly impacted had vast impact. impact. Yes. And so, uh, obviously, Jesus has been the most impactful person on the planet who's ever lived in terms of the breadth and the depth of which uh, the work that Jesus began has impacted. So, uh, I I don't want us to get lost in measuring Mm -hmm. what how we would measure fruitfulness. And so the person who's gone, I just teach a Sunday school class, or I just am raising my kids, or I just have this little Bible study, or our church is only a a thousand people, and there's churches that are 10,000 people, and we go, that's an impactful church, and we're not an impactful church. I don't know that the Lord sees it that way at all. I think the hand of the Lord is upon each of us for the effects of the building of his kingdom, that's going to vary, but I'd be reluctant to measure it in ways that we tend to measure things always in Absolutely. our culture. 
So uh, don't be discouraged if you think, I don't know if the hand of the Lord is upon me because you're not impacting mass amounts of people. Jesus only impacted a handful and mm-hmm. from our standpoint. Yeah. And what a privilege to think that we get to take part in that, right. the hand of the Lord on us, that we get to participate in ministry. Um, and many times in staff prayer, I sit and just think in awe of that we get to see the Lord working. There's so much we don't see, like the tip of the iceberg is what we get to see, but the privilege to get to see yeah. that in work um, is just incredible and such an encouragement to be able to be a part of that. And it's humbling, intentionally mm-hmm. so, to recognize it was the hand of the Lord. Yes. And that's part of, I think, where when Nehemiah says, uh, the king gave me what I needed because the good hand of God was Mm -hmm. upon me, that he was recognizing it was the grace of God, the work of God in him. And so if the grace of God is at work within you and the impact is this much, that's the grace of God at work. And if the grace of God is work and it's this much, that's the the privilege of the grace of God's at work in us. So it's recognizing it really is his work. So I hope we see it clearly difference between Old Testament and New Testament. And then within the, as New Testament Mm -hmm. believers, to recognize that it's not always measured by the way in which we tend to measure things. Yeah. I can leave that to the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think it's a great... um, just a reminder and encouragement for the week and just continuing to encourage all of us to continue to pray over what the Lord has put on our hearts for which we're broken. And to believe. And to believe. The good hand of the Lord is upon you. Yes. For whatever the Lord's put in your heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, I don't know what he's put in my heart. Well, look at what he's put in your life. What he's put in your <laughs> life, uh, whether it's on your heart or not, the good hand of the Lord is upon you. That's what I want po- folks to take away most of all, that they can go with the courage mm-hmm. that the hand of the Lord is upon them and the humility that the hand of the Lord is upon them. When I get that, courage and humility are are great (laughs) companions, if you will, within our heart to be instruments of God. I'd want to be courageous and humble. Yeah, to be courageous and humble. It's a great encouragement for this week. Hope so. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Hope you guys have a good one.